Suffolk Podshow is produced and managed by podtalk.co.uk. Episode 6, talking to Pete Rowe, Artistic Director of the New Woolsey Theatre in Ipswich. Pete has brought some of the biggest touring productions to the stage, including Sweeney Todd, Perfect Days, A Family Affair and The Little Shop of Horrors. He joins us today to talk about the up-and-coming production of What a Carve-Up, with a stellar cast, including Stephen Fry, Griff Rhys-Jones, Sir Derek Jacobi and Sharon D. Clark. We're delighted to have him with us on the Suffolk Pod Show. Welcome, Pete Rowe. Hi, Susanna. Nice to be here. Well, thank you very much for sparing some time to be with us. Um, we're very excited to hear about the new production of What a Carve-Up and look forward to hearing lots about that later on. But, Pete, I've spent the last few days reading through your bio. It's so impressive. You've directed so many and produced so many productions. Can we talk to you about you to start off with? Sure. It's a question of how far back you want to go, really. As far as you like. (laughs) (laughs) I got involved in theatre, first of all, like many people do through a youth theatre. So I was a a member of a youth theatre back in Surrey where I was born and brought up. Mm -hmm. And it was a kind of semi-professional youth theatre. It toured schools that did an Easter production every year, which um, rehearsed for two or three weeks at the theatre and then toured to schools and colleges. So it felt like a semi-pro organisation even then. Mm. And then I continued to do some acting at university and then started directing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know whether I could direct, but I knew for sure that I could direct better than I could act. So I decided to <laughs> to try and pursue directing. I directed a couple of shows at university. And then when when, when I when I um, left university, I just tried to get any job of any sort in theatre anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And I ended up as an assistant stage manager for the Almost Free Theatre, it was called. It wasn't called that because you could pay anything you like to get in. It was a lunchtime theatre doing new work um, and people kind of came in off the street um, to see what was going on that lunchtime. Mm. And then I spent about another couple of years as a stage manager and eventually got an award in a regional theatre trainee director scheme, which was sponsored at that time by Thames TV. Right. And funnily enough, I went back to the theatre, the Thorndike Theatre in Leatherhead, which Mm -hmm. is where I'd been in the youth theatre some years before. And then I went through a series of artistic director jobs jobs, starting at the Solent People's Theatre, which was a community touring theatre in Southampton, Mm -hmm. and then the London Bubble, which toured at that time in a big top tent around outer London boroughs, Mm -hmm. doing a kind of cabaret and circus style of show, working with acting musicians a lot, which Mm -hmm. has been a lot of what I've done throughout my career since then, really. Mm. Then I went up to the Northwest. I became the um, artistic director of the the Chester Gateway Mm Theatre, another regional theatre, and then to Liverpool. (laughs) where I was artistic director of the Everyman Theatre, one of my favourite, all-time favourite theatres. Right. And my partner, Sarah, was working at Theatre Cluid at the time. And then the New Woolsey job came up. And the New Woolsey back then, we're talking about the turn of the millennium, Mm. 2000, had been through a very bad patch. It had been closed for about a year and a half. And Mm. they were in mothballs, really, and advertising for something called, I think, an artistic producer. And Sarah and I looked at this post and thought they need more than one person person to do this job they Mm. need at least one and a half people so we applied jointly Sarah as full-time chief executive and me as artistic director Mm part-time and they took that on so um, they took us on to revive the theatre and and rebuild it from that year from 2000 summer of 2000 we came down and February 2001 was the first show that we did in Ipswich and my career since then has been mostly being artistic director of the New Woolsey but I also write quite a bit and Mm. do occasional freelance directing jobs too so I've 
I've been able to happily mix being a member of a company in a building and doing freelance work as well. Mm. And I'm assuming that your job quickly became, went from part-time to full-time as an artistic director. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's always full-time, isn't it, really? And particularly yeah. when Sarah's my partner, so we just yeah. spend all our time at home talking about the theatre anyway. <laughs> so it, we're never really off. But it means that when I do get a freelance job or a writing commission, I can kind of do that with a clear conscience mm. because I'm usually giving more than half of my time to the Woolsey through the year anyway. Mm. Talking about all your productions and, and everything that you've directed, can you pick out a couple of your favourites? That's really difficult. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think I've got a special fondness for Sweeney Todd because it was the very first production we did at the Woolsey. I'd, I directed it a couple of times before in the Northwest. So it was a show that I was really familiar with and mm. really loved. And it was great to reopen the theatre and give the, the audience who were coming back curious to see what this new lot were about. Mm. Something that was so, so strong and compelling, which is down to Stephen Sondheim's genius, really. But I thought <laughs> we did a really good job with it. Mm. Um, and it was very exciting to reopen the theatre. And then there have been a number of new musical pieces that I've worked on. We did a fantastic um, musical adaptation of It's a Wonderful Life mm. with music by Steve Brown, which was a, a world premiere at the Woolsey, which I really enjoy doing. Wow. And I've written some shows, particularly Midsummer Songs, which I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Goddard, which we also uh, produced at the New Woolsey, which was another special occasion for me to see mm. an entirely new piece of musical work that we'd written on the stage mm. and see the audience respond to that. And just about every rock and roll pantomime, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's always, it's still a really big thrill for me to see an audience coming out of the show, chatting and buzzing and mm. up and excited. That's really what we're in the game for. Mm. I mean, you must have worked with some amazing actors as well and throughout all of these productions. Yeah, I mean, I think of the um, the company often as the, the star of the show. So mm. most of the work that I've done has been with an ensemble and that collaborative ensemble way of working, which I think act musicians are particularly suited to. Mm. So quite often the first thing that happens in a rehearsal period is that people get together to play music and play and sing. Mm. And that bonds a company really quickly. And it's a fairly egalitarian process. People bring different skills to the table. You know, some are better players, some are better singers, some are better actors. Mm. But generally there's everybody contributes equally and everybody's treated equally within that rehearsal room and through the production process so and that's the way I like most to work mm. so I haven't worked with m masses of major stars I've worked with some you know significant people along the way mm. but more often it's the it's the company it's the ensemble that I really feel wedded to you're listening to Susanna Hornby talking to Peter Rowe artistic director at the New Wolsey Theatre here on the Suffolk Pod Show And continuing on from their success, obviously you've won many, many awards at the New Wolseley Theatre. Yes, I mean we've got we're lucky to have a very, very loyal audience who've supported us through the twenty years almost that mm. me and Sarah have been here. And um, the Christmas show is a particular favourite. Um, we've been very pleased to win awards for being the well, most welcoming theatre and our, our customer service. Uh, the care that the front of house team take with the people who come to the theatre as well. Mm -hmm. And there have been initiatives. We are part of a major in initiative called Bramps on the Moon, which is about... Um, providing uh, accessible performances with access woven into the structure of the piece and mm -hmm. 
employing many disabled actors and and technicians and people working front of house too. Mm-hmm. That's been a major initiative of ours as well. So on lots of fronts, yes, we've um, we've been lucky enough to have a, a a lot of success. We've got to talk about this year, haven't we? And how difficult and how tough it's been. Possibly the most toughest year in all of theatre ever, I suspect. But uh, I know that you and your team have been really busy. Yes, I mean, you're right. Of course, it's been incredibly tough. And, you know, there are sort of, uh, you wonder what the point is of being a theatre if you can't open your doors and invite people in to to see work mm. but i'm happy to say that we are uh, after after a period of being multiple we are coming back to life the mm. first activity has been the um our creative communities team mm-hmm. have just started doing workshops for young people one of the slight advantages they have at the moment is that they can do those workshops on stage so which makes it easier to have a small group of socially distanced people and do um, acting and technical workshops for them and um, i think it's really important for young people and their state of mental health to start running those kind of activities again mm. so that's been the first thing and that program will continue we're going to start up our youth theatre and young company again through the autumn and we've just joined a new partnership with the Lawrence Batley Theatre in Huddersfield and the, the barn mm-hmm. in Sirencester to do a, a version of the Jonathan Coe novel Water Carver yeah <laughs> which is being adapted for uh an online performance. Mm-hmm. So it's still live. You buy a ticket for a very specific performance, but it's kind of like, a, I suppose, an animated radio play. Mm-hmm. So this adaptation of the novel is being played by a number of very high-profile actors. Yep. <laughs> uh, and 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 will be edited together with some um, animation and video work over the top. How amazing! So it will be a, a blend of yes, of mm. um, of voice work and animation. And how on earth did you get that started? Do you work? Have you? This is a new partnership with the Barn and the Lawrence Bailey. Yeah, it is. It's. Um, I've been to both theatres. Mm. The Barn approached me about six months ago before lockdown happened. They were looking to find collaborators, and we've done a lot of co-production throughout our time at the Woolsey. We're very keen to work with other people, and always have. Mm. And I'm always looking looking for new partnerships. And I think they're a very kind of progressive outfit. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the Barn are at the, have been at the forefront of trying to find find ways of disseminating their work digitally and through live streaming and online mm-hmm. as well as live. So we, I felt I had something to learn from them. And the Lawrence Batley in Huddersfield is another theatre who have had great success with this online offer with an adaptation of Nigel Slater's Toast, which was their first um, yeah, uh, attempt in this field. So they have a lot of experience too. So it's been great to join these two youngish organisations in terms of their leadership and explore a new way of offering people work and so far it's been a very interesting collaboration and I'm hoping that we will continue to work together maybe with other partners joining and we'll be able to create live work uh, between the the three of us and tour it to each other when we're when we're allowed to Mm -hmm. um, that it'll become the springboard for a continuing consortium of of producing theatres. It's incredibly innovative and uh, and like you said when you look forward this will be over at some point but we will you guys will be really set up with each other and we found that too that building relationships in this time has been so important yeah and i think one of the 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 slight advantages is it does force you to think out of the box Mm. and i think you know as the pandemic finishes i think there are going to be people will feel differently about coming back into a 
an auditorium in, mm. maybe that, that some members of a party and a group are happy to do that and others aren't. Mm. So there's the possibility of staging a live performance with an online offer of that same performance to people who stay at home, yeah, of course. but that they can feel like they're, you know, they're part of the same event. Mm. What we've kind of said is that whatever we do in terms of our live streaming and online work has to have a sense of live, that it's mm. it's being a live performance that makes it unique to, to theatre. So even if even if you're watching a screen, you're aware that that event is only taking place this one time yeah. rather than being out there in the ether forever. Can we actually touch on the story of What a Carve Up? Can you tell us a little bit more about the play? Yes. So it's a, it's a Jonathan Coe novel about the 80s, about this family, the Winshaws, mm-hmm. who are very kind of privileged and entitled and have fingers in every pie in politics, in industry, in journalism. They've kind of got the running of the country and the profiting from the country sewn up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, a revenge murder mystery, mm-hmm. really. So there is a there is a, <laughs> a an evening on, in which um, this family gathers together, and many of them end up dead in a Cluedo kind of way. Ah, oh, super. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so the the investigation is to try and work out how they died and who was responsible for it. And there's a there's a chief suspect who's a a writer who's failing after some early success, who's been given the commission to write the story of this family. Right. And as as he as he investigates, he finds out that his family and the people that he knows and loves have all been um, in some way done down by the, the activities of the Winshaws. So <laughs> okay. he has a ma- massive motive for revenge. So he's the chief suspect, but right. it isn't absolutely clear that he's done it. Okay. <laughs> now, who is that person who's playing that part? Now you're asking. Oh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> we don't need to ask you then. In that case, the, 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 the car, the, that that bit of casting has been so fluid that I'm not sure that it's even in the bag yet. Right. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough, indeed. How on earth do you get those actors together? I'm assuming you film them separately or work with them separately. Yes. So there's a, there's a central interview which has been filmed or is being filmed, which is the kind of backbone of the piece, and all of the other contributions are are recorded vocally. So, yes, they've all been doing it. Sharon D. Clark, who uh, I know very well, have worked with over many years, is currently in Spain. Mm-hmm. So she's she's been recording from there. We had Griff Rees-Jones into the theatre to record his segments about a week ago. Uh-huh. There are people being recorded in Huddersfield and in, in Sirencester and at home. It's being compiled from these different recordings yeah. in different places. Yeah. And then and then it will all be cut together in the edit. Wow. Quite a... Quite a <laughs> yeah. um, I've kind of... Kind of think of the word. Quite an operation, I think, is what I mean to say. It starts on October the thirty first. How do we book? Yes, it's it starts on on Halloween, uh, um, which is <laughs> appropriate for a murder mystery, which is really what it is. Yeah, you can book in. You can go to our website, mm-hmm. the show's website, which is whatacarveup.com. Okay, or you can go via the new Woolsey Theatre website, and it plays through October. So it's on from the the thirty first of October through to the 29th of November, mm-hmm. and there are two ticket prices. So there's a £12 ticket for the show and then there's an offer if you pay £16 you get the ticket and you get a goodie bag sent through the post which which includes a printed programme and uh, a recipe card from Asma Khan who founded Darjeeling Express 
So the idea is that if you want the £16 offer, you can make Asma Khan's recipe mm-hmm. and have a meal and then sit down to enjoy the show with your programme. With the programme, how very brilliant. What a clever way of, <laughs> of, of selling the programme too, because money is terribly important at the moment, raising funds indeed for the theatre. How can we um, as a community get involved or support the new Woolsey? Well, anybody who buys tickets for this show will be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we the three organisations involved will be splitting the, the, the money for the ticket sales, but 25% of each sale is going to theatre charities to support freelancers who are the most vulnerable, I mm. think, at the moment. Um, and the best way to support freelancers is to make is for us to make work and employ them. Mm. There are, you will see if you visit the, the New Wolsey website, that there are ways to um, contribute to. We've been very touched by the number of people who, instead of uh, requiring refunds for shows that they booked that aren't now happening and converted instead to um, donations or suspended to, to to the next time they're able to, to buy a ticket. Yeah. That's made a massive difference to us. But what we're hoping is that we will continue to make work and that the best way that people can support us is to is to book the work. Yeah. We'll be able to em- employ people and um, support freelance theatre practitioners that way ourselves. Absolutely. What, um, give us the new Woolsey Theatre um, website again, please. The website is woolseytheatre.co.uk. Lovely, thank you. Like you said, um, people have been generous because cash flow is critical, you can imagine, for the theatre. What other news is coming? Have you got any plans for the rest of the year or even looking into 2021? Yes, we. Uh, one of the biggest things that we've been wrestling with is uh, is the Christmas show, mm. um, which is such a massive part of our year. And watch this space for that. Listen, Pete, I know you're really busy. So thank you so much for your time today. Cannot wait to see the production of What a Carve Up. And we wish you very much success for the future. Thank you very much, Pete. Thank you very much. It's lovely to talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Suffolk Pod Show. Find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Or you can visit our website, podtalk.co.uk. And here's our disclaimer. The Suffolk Pod Show will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcast. The Suffolk Pod Show is produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests.